Welcome to the Zico Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. Here we discuss fitness, nutrition, gut health, alternative medicine, and anything else that impacts your health and fitness. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. Welcome to another episode of the Zika Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. And as always, I am glad that you are joining me. Because today, I'm going to explain the role that breathing plays in our health and fat loss. Yes, I said breathing. Because we often overlook proper breathing. Or we may focus on proper breathing during our workouts. But you know, one of my favorite questions to ask is, if you work out for an hour or two a day, which most people don't, that's only what? 10% of our day, right? So the question we have to ask ourselves is, what has a larger impact? The 10% that we're working out or the 90% that we're not working out? Let that sink in for a second. Because one of the biggest reasons that most as you say, fitness or weight loss plans fail is because they don't make enough, enough changes to that 90%. You only focused on that 10% when you're working out or what you're doing in the gym. And with that 90%, the time you spend outside of working out, it's a lot more than nutrition. Because I've had... People say to me, well, nutrition is, is more important than working out. Yes, that can be true. But yet, there's a lot more to that 90% than just nutrition, especially if you've been listening to me for a while. See, that 90% can involve sleeping, movement, breathing, getting sunlight, spending time with the right people, and so on and so forth, improving your mental health. And that's why I teach you in my shows how to have the right habits so you can maintain your health or improve your health and maintain fat loss. So yes, stay tuned to this one because you really want to learn the importance of how much you should breathe. This is going to sound crazy, but when to breathe and how to breathe. But before I get into today's topic, let's quickly discuss the study of the week. There's a study that's published in PubMed and it's titled, Physical Inactivity is Associated with a Higher Risk for Severe COVID-19 Outcomes. A study in 48,440 adult patients. That's a lot of people. See, this study, it was designed to compare hospitalization rates and intensive care unit admissions and mortality for patients with COVID-19 who are consistently inactive, doing some activity, or consistently meeting physical activity guidelines. And the results of this study is that patients with COVID-19 who were consistently inactive had a greater risk of hospitalization admissions to the ICU, and death due to COVID-19 than the patients who were consistently meeting physical activity guidelines. 
Let that sink in for a second. Stop and think about that for a second. With everything that we're talking about and protecting ourselves from, from viruses and diseases, it really comes down to the health of our immune system. Vaccinated or not, it comes down to the health of your immune system. Anyone that understands health will tell you that. And one of the ways to strengthen your immune system is with proper diet and exercise. And that's why I, always, I bring up these studies because I always say that nothing replaces proper diet and exercise. Nothing. You can vaccinate and booster yourself all you want. You need to fix your health. Of course, I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a link to the um, to this episode. I'm sorry, I'm gonna put a link to this study in the in the show notes. I'm gonna link this one, zikohealth.com/breathe, because I want you to read the full article and digest it, see the numbers, so you can have a clearer picture of what I'm talking about. See, most of us spend our lives abusing our bodies eating whatever we want, saying, oh, I deserve this. You know, I, I like to eat this, so I'm going to eat it. And a slave to, slave to our taste buds, slave to our minds, a slave to stress. And then when our bodies break down, we look for a pill to make us feel better. And then the pill that we take comes with a host of side effects. So once you get hooked on one pill, you're just going to have to start taking more. And that's why anybody listening to me for a while have heard my stories about my asthma and my allergies and my um, high blood pressure and how I took care of all of those without any medication. Because I had to, by making the right changes, I took myself off medicine. And now it's been uh, two and a half years, no medication. So... I'm living proof that it can be done, but you have to be willing to want to make the right changes. But yet, we want to take a pill that's going to give us more problems. How many pills or medication you know that doesn't have side effects? But yet, if I tell you to do something natural, you have 5,000 questions for me. You're going to question me to death. But I tell you to take medicine and, oh, it's, it's easy. It's going to do it. That's how most of us are programmed. And that's so backwards and oxymoron. I always say, I don't put my health in the hands of anyone but myself. The government, the doctors, the scientists, they don't know who I am. And they're making millions and billions of dollars off me. I mean... Pfizer made what, $34 billion off the vaccine in the, first, in the first quarter? I think that's their highest profit margin ever. And I'm supposed to trust that they have my best interest at heart? I have my best interest at heart. Nobody but me. They can wish me well, but who's going to take better care of, of me than me? Now, to finish up, the study states that consistently meeting physical activity guidelines was strongly associated with a reduced risk for severe COVID-19 outcomes among infected adults. So we, we recommend efforts 
to promote physical activity be prioritized by public health agencies and incorporated into routine medical care. How often do we go to the doctor and they tell us to exercise, to work with a physical trainer, to work with a health coach? We are the ones actually saving lives, not killing you slowly with more medication. So why is it the CDC promoting exercise? And if they are, I don't hear about it. I mean, in their defense, they do have stuff on their website about being healthy and in movement and, um, and exercise. They do have stuff on their website, but we don't talk about it. There's no secret that adequate exercise is important to strengthen our immune system. Everybody knows that. And I'm sure that the scientists at the CDC and the World Health Organization are aware of this. I mean, they should be the brightest minds in the world, right? But how much of it do we really promote? And then I don't want to hear this from anybody. Anybody that tells me this, I, I, I just walk away from them. We don't tell people to work out because they're just not going to do it. That is absolutely stupid. Yes, someone needs to say that. That's absolutely stupid. Because yes, the best I can do is put the information out there. And if I put the information out there, not everybody's going to listen to me. Not everybody's going to follow the right protocols. But there are a lot of people who have and have learned and have improved their lives. I get... People mess me on Instagram all the time or, or they rate my podcast. And by the way, if you haven't, go to Apple, look up Zika Health, rate your boy five stars, and leave me a comment. Let the world know this show is awesome. But going back to what I was saying earlier, given that we're, we, we're looking for a pill and we don't want to make the right changes, are we then surprised that obesity rate is an epidemic in itself. When I was growing up, childhood obesity wasn't a thing. It was an anomaly to be overweight as a child. Even if as an early adult, childhood obesity, I'm sorry, diabetes, wasn't really a thing, especially type two. But now, children are running around obese. Not even overweight, obese. And if you say something, oh, it's, it's fat shaming. I don't care who stops listening to me because I'm going to say this. If you're fat, you're fat. It just is what it is. I don't go around yelling at people and calling them overweight or calling them fat. I don't do that. But the fact is, if you don't realize there's a problem, you don't know that you need to fix it. So stop and stew on that for a second. And then I can get into the episode. Now, like, of course, you know, I like to start with a definition, right? So I'm going to define breath work. Breath work refers to any type of breathing exercise or technique that people often perform to improve their mental health, physical, and spiritual well-being. During breath work, you intentionally change your breathing pattern. 
That's going to be key to remember. Intentionally change your breathing pattern. But I want you to listen to all those benefits. And I'm going to break them down. One, let's start with mental. There are tons of research that connects proper breath work and mental health. Tons. You can Google and find that research. How so? Well, proper breathing allows you to manage cortisol. And if you follow my Instagram, you see I posted on that many times. Managing your cortisol is vital for your mental health and physical health, of course, and your body weight. So proper breathing allows you to manage cortisol. And that's important to know because if you breathe properly throughout the day, you can manage your vagal tone. Because your, your vagus nerve is a nerve that's connected to all the nerves in your body. I don't talk about this enough, actually, on my Instagram. I need to post, on, post about this more. But your, your vagus nerve is like a highway that connects all other nerves in your body. So by having a healthy vagal tone, you're, you're sending healthy signals throughout your body. That's why when you get upset and you start to breathe rapidly, you immediately send those signals to your body and your body responds a certain way. That's why hormone imbalances can create with cortisol and serotonin. That's why you start to crave sugars because you're sending those tones to your body. Most of us breathe too much. And it's going to be going back to what I just I was just talking about. Because let's take someone who's having a panic attack. We try to calm them down by saying, relax and breathe, right? Well, why do we want them to breathe slower and calm down? Because rapid breathing tells your body that you're in danger, that you're having some type of attack or you're running for your life. If you're in traffic and you're yelling, your heart rate increases. This triggers more mental and emotional stress. Yes, your road rage triggers more mental and emotional stress. As I was driving by behind a car the other day, and that's how bumper stick I thought was actually pretty hilarious because he said, I don't have road rage, you're just an idiot. <laughs> I thought that was pretty interesting, but still, road rage is road rage, right? If, and if you're yelling at people because they're driving too slow, I'm not saying that you don't have a right to be upset, but why shorten your lifespan because somebody wants to drive 10 miles an hour? I live in Orlando. I'm Mickey Mouse land. I always make a joke that in Miami, people drive like they want to kill you. And in Orlando, people drive like they have nowhere to go. But I can't let driving in Orlando behind people who are just cruising down the road ruin my day. Sometimes I'll listen to a podcast. So there you go. Listen to Zika Health while you're driving. It'll take your mind off the fact that you know, nobody's moving on the road. See, there are times that stress is important. And we need to train our bodies to combat stress. But rapid breathing and causing undue stress, that's on us. And towards the end of the episode, I'm going to get into some really good breathing techniques. So hold on for this but I'm trying to raise your awareness in the beginning. Then physical, 
the physical benefits is connected to stress. But actually, rapid breathing overall is connected to stress. Because rapid breathing leads to accelerated blood pressure and physical stress on our organs. Because when you breathe fast, your heart pumps more blood. That's why when you're working out, you, your body gets more excited. You may be tired before the workout, but during the workout, you don't feel tired anymore. And it's good in short bursts. That's why working out is important and doing high intensity work is important. And that needs to be part of any weight loss or health or fitness routine. But doing high intensity work all the time is not a good thing. And that's how we have a lot of research now of athletes who are in poor health conditions or are dying off young because of the constant stress that they put on themselves. Because we used to think that, oh, athletes, they look good, they have abs, they have um, low body fat, they must be healthy. We're now learning that's not necessarily the case. So it goes far beyond that. And it could also have a lot to do with what they're doing outside of um, training and also what they're putting in their bodies. Those all, all, all of course, play a part. There's even research saying that sport fans tend to have heart attacks because, or should I say, there's a higher rate of heart attacks among sport fans because they're in an excitable state for a long time. Now, I'm not saying stop watching sports. I mean, I love football, soccer, basketball, swimming, and track in that exact order, actually. But breathing well throughout the day puts less pressure on your organs mainly the ones that's primary in keeping you alive. I shall say the one that's primary in keeping you alive, which is your heart. Less pressure on your heart is always a win. In fact, one reason why obesity shortens our life is because excess body mass puts more pressure on your heart daily. That's why even when, it, when we talk about people who have a lot of, you know, high muscle mass and they're very, a very high BMI. And we say, well, they have muscle, they should be fine. Our bodies are only designed to carry so much weight, muscle or not. At a certain point, extremely high BMI shortens your lifespan because it puts excess pressure on your heart. Next, I'm going to talk about spirituality. Everyone I know who takes their health seriously at some point reach a level of spirituality. And when I say spirituality, I don't necessarily mean religion because you can be spiritual without being religious and you can be religious without being spiritual. See, humans are designed to be spiritual beings and proper breathing connects you to your spirit. One of the first episodes I did, early, it was early this year, I think it was February or March, it was with uh, Christina Sepian. And we talked about breathing. And if you haven't, by the way, go out there and get her book. Our book is amazing. It's by Christina Sepian. And one of the best books I've read. And she taught me about proper meditation techniques and breathing and connecting with the earth and connecting my energy and connect and focusing on my third eye when I'm breathing. And, I, and it's, I've been practicing this now since I met her. And let me tell you, 
it has transformed my life. I was actually talking to a friend today and we we're talking about how the person that she talks to now and the person she used to talk to a year ago is just so different. I can tell a story about something that you can call annoying and it doesn't bother me. Versus in the past, I would get annoyed by basically everything. The wind doesn't blow the right way and you know that, and I just go off. So by practicing these techniques, it actually helps. And I've been pre-hypertension most of my life. And I took my blood pressure test the other day and I was 117 over 77, the lowest is, or over 73 actually, the lowest it's ever been. Now, so yeah, these things that I'm telling you actually helps. But then we get on medicine and, or we get on pills who has quote unquote supposed to be controlling your, your, your problem, managing the symptoms, you don't really get better. And then because it has side effects, you pick up all the problems along the way. So then you got to increase your dosage and take medicine for something else that the first medicine caused. And again, that's why naturopathic doctors, health coaches, fitness trainers, nutrition specialists, dietitians really save lives because that's healthcare. Even though a lot of insurance is not going to cover a dietitian, they're not, it's not going to cover a nutritionist, but yet we want to say we have healthcare. You'll cover a medical doctor that can put you on pills. That's managing your disease, disease care, but it won't cover the dietitian that's teaching you how to eat so you can actually be healthy. It's a wonderful world we live in. So now I've touched on these. Let me give you some power pack tips to optimize breathing for your health. The first thing is meditate. I don't meditate every morning. I, um, I used to. But now it's about three days a week and for each his own. But it's good to start your mornings, especially in the beginning, every morning with 10 to five minutes, just meditating and relaxing and focusing your energy. You will tell a difference when you start off your day with looking at your, your group chat and getting upset versus starting off in a slower pace and focusing your energy. You will definitely tell a difference. Meditation is not a gimmick. Meditation has been around for thousands of years. To us in the Western world, it seems like it's brand new, but it's not. There are people that figured it out. Our ancestors figured it out a long time ago. We're just late to the party. See, meditation, especially in like early in the mornings, start your day off in a calm, self-aware mood. You've heard me say many times that most of us start a day with four to five stressors. The alarm clock goes off. You know, we um, kicks us out of sleep, right? So we're immediately start off in a stressful state, in a fight or flight state, actually. Then you may check, you know, your group chat, your family group chat. And then, you know, to try to catch up with, with what's happened in the last six, seven, eight hours you were asleep. You, you got to get your kids ready for school. You got to prepare breakfast. 
You got you got to take a shower, get out of the house. I mean, the first two hours, you just start off stressed out. And then you say, I'm eating a salad every day. Why am I gaining weight? Or, you know, I'm just getting older. No, I'm 38 years old and I look better than I did when I was 20 years old. I feel better than I did when I was 20 years old. So don't tell me about age. I always tell people, I'm like, fine wine. I get better with age. So yeah, even if you only have five minutes, start your day off with meditation and breathing. And there are many apps you can download, or you know what, just go to YouTube and put up some guided meditation practices. The next tip is breathe with your diaphragm. See, most of us are shallow chest breathers. And it's interesting to me how, how we don't really breathe through our diaphragms like we're supposed to. We're taking air with our diaphragm. But we breathe through our chest and it's, <gasps> you know, even just think about that, right? You can only take in so much air. But when you breathe with your diaphragm, it expands as you take in the air. And as you let it out, it deflates. And you, a lot more air can circulate through your body. It's called diaphragmatic breathing. And I make sure that my clients practice this. And for you, if, you, if you're not familiar with this type of breathing, just go to YouTube and look it up. It's really simple. It will show you. The next tip, and this can be combined with diaphragmatic breathing too, is breathing, breathe with your nose, in and out. Nose breathing activates your parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest, which also helps you to manage your vagus nerve, creating a healthy vagal tone. A healthy vagal tone keeps you relaxed, sends the right signals through your body. People who know me understand that even if something bothers me, I don't really stay upset for long. A lot of times if something irritates me, I step away for a second, go for a short walk, I breathe and I come back to it. I'm not saying it's always that easy, but that's a technique that's helped me tremendously in my life. And by taking in air, and expelling air through my nose, it keeps me in a parasympathetic state. There's no reason to get upset because somebody else do something stupid. And a pro tip, nose breathing, especially during exercise, it trains your body to operate more efficiently on oxygen and CO2. And even now, when I'm running or working out, I always breathe in and out through my nose, always. Because I'm training my body to operate more efficiently. At first, especially with running, it felt kind of weird and I would, I would break form or, you know, as far as my breathing. But after I got used to it, this is the only way. The only time I breathe through my, nose, my mouth is if I'm swimming, of course. That's almost impossible. Or maybe it is actually impossible. But every other exercise... I run on oxygen. And VO2 max, which I'm going to talk about eventually in one of my episodes, is a signal, is a sign of good health, a high VO2 max. 
according to my VO2 max right now, I had a VO2 max of, uh, of a 20-year-old, and I'm 38 years old. That's the last measurement that I took. So your, your ability to use oxygen and CO2 is actually an indicator of your health. Because it, you think about it, it's tied into your cardiovascular health, your body's ability to circulate blood throughout your body properly, keeping your blood pressure managed, and circulating blood through your body properly. It's all tied in. And last thing I'm going to say here is putting all these things together will train you to breathe less. And breathing less, so I'm talking about earlier when I talk about when to breathe and how to breathe, breathing less will help you to maintain a healthy vagus tone. Because with your mouth, you can breathe a lot faster. And I know that's a little extreme, but even just throughout the day, if you breathe with your mouth, you can breathe a lot faster. With your nose, you breathe in, breathe out, you actually breathe slower. And there's tons of research out there that connects breathing less with longevity. And if you have any questions on that, send me a DM on Zico Health, my, uh, my Instagram, we can talk about it. But if you've been paying attention to all the things that I've mentioned, then it should come as no surprise to you. So that's really all I'm gonna say here. But thanks for listening to the Zika Health Show. Follow my Instagram at Zico Health. And stay awesome, fam. Thanks for listening to the Zico Health Show. If you got good quality content out of this episode, save, subscribe, and share it out there with family, friends, coworkers, or anybody who needs to hear this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.